Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the J&J NY Baseball Show. Uh, reporting live here in beautiful Manhattan. Normally, we, uh, you, as you know by now, we normally talk about some most valuable players for the Mets and the Yankees, then some least valuable players. But since our last podcast, there has been some groundbreaking, earth-shattering news in the Bronx. So that's what we're going to start it off this week. Josh, please take us away. Hey, everybody. How's it going? Uh, I can honestly say, Jamie, this is probably the biggest whirlwind of a week-long stretch that I can ever remember as a Yankees fan. Between so what, starting with the trade deadline? The trade deadline to now. I mean, between last Sunday and yesterday, Andrew Miller was traded. That came out of nowhere. Beltron was traded. That didn't come out of nowhere, but, it, you know... It's tough to say it goodbye. manifested, tough you know, to say goodbye. Late. Sure. Um, and then the news that Mark Teixeira is retiring, uh, that came out on Friday. That's not entirely surprising. He's had... I think a, the timing down is, year. The timing is pretty surprising. I would agree. I think. Well, I'll tell you. I think the um, the point that solidified it in his mind that this had to be his last year was when he had to miss the game on Thursday because he has a he had a bruised shin because of the Stephen Matz pitch. Courtesy of my friend Stephen Matz, absolutely. So I think when he realized that he wasn't able, you know, you get dinged up in baseball, and I think that was sort of the the cherry on. On the top of the Sunday, that or the straw that broke the camel's back—that's sure. a better analogy. Sure, but I think I mean, they. Um, but you're you're right. Statistically, this season, I mean, he's been hovering around the 200 batting he's average batting line all 200. year. He's batting exactly 200. He's got 10 home runs, 28 RBIs. He had 31 home runs last year, so he was productive. 31 he, home runs in an injury-shortened year. Injury-shortened year. He played third of the year. Um, so he's. He um he had a good year last year. The problem is though, his body couldn't hold up over the course of his season. Going back to 2012, he missed the last month of the season then with a calf injury. He missed most of 2013 with a wrist injury. 2014, he just had nicks and, and dings throughout the whole year. And last year, he broke his leg on a, on a pitch. This year, he's had a neck injury. He's had yeah, a knee injury. He's had an ankle injury. He's 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 been banged up. But I, I think it was amazing that he um was forthright with himself and at the beginning well, of the year also, he said he wanted to play for five more years and then I think he realized that this really was it. But it also makes sense too for him at this point in his career yes he's what 36 years old now but he's also he's this is the last year of his contract correct. So it's not like he's missing out on you know 10, 15, 20 million dollars or anything you know this this is a, a logical time for him to walk away. Absolutely um, and there's definitely a team that would have picked him up. I mean this guy's defense is Superb, Gold Glover. Um, but I think in his mind, he didn't want to just play for a team. I think he wanted to play for a winner, and I think he realized that you know there are other things that he wants to do. But to me, he's a real family guy, and I think he was very honest with himself, and he wants to be at home. I think he wants to spend time with his kids. I don't think that people realize how little these players spend at home when they're, you know, yeah, they're half the season, they're home games and whatever, but you're away for all of of March, most of February, you're in Florida, and then if these players aren't from the place where the team plays, the Teixeiras are not from New York. No. I think they're from somewhere in the, or Maryland or somewhere in the South. They live in Connecticut now, now. Right, they they live in Connecticut, but the family isn't from Connecticut. Yeah. As as a non-Yankee fan, I, uh, 
I, for one, am happy to see Teixeira, will be, will be happy to see Teixeira out of baseball. I mean, between his time in, in Atlanta, albeit a relatively short amount of time, and then seeing him put up some great numbers with the Yankees across town, um, you know, sure, I kind of respect the guy, I respect his career, um, respect his numbers, but there's always, to me, there was always something wrong with him as far as his personality goes. And that was actually on exhibit uh, the other night. In the Mets-Yankees game, um, yeah, he hit a home run off of Steven Matz. Uh, Steven Matz then proceeded to hit him right in the shin, as Josh mentioned um, the other night. But the way he, uh, to me, again, to me, the way he acted um, after that, laughing on the field, trying to get in, uh, in Steven Matz's head, and then pr- succeeding in getting in Hansel Robles' head um, at the end of the game, uh, to me, doesn't seem like that great of a guy well I'll just chime in Hanzo Robles has a history of being a complete nut he's a nutcase so he also doesn't speak much English either so maybe there's a a little bit of a language barrier I mean the fact of the matter is he threw at the head of was it Darren Ruff in or Cameron Rupp one of the two Cameron Rupp Cameron Rupp in Philadelphia the quick pitch that was last season Larry Boa that was last season no but this guy's got a history of, of of just doing crazy things. And I think one of the crazy things that he did was blame his horrendous pitching on somebody who he walked. It's not Teixeira's fault yeah. that he couldn't find the strike zone. And, that, and, and whether Teixeira was or wasn't stealing signs is a moot point because Robles couldn't anyway. throw a strike. Well, in Robles' defense, too, I mean, he's had a great season. He he's, has had a great he's season. He's had a very good season, and he's probably pretty hard on himself as far as, you know, Walking to Shara, who ultimately ended up getting scoring a run against him. You know, he's probably being pretty hard on himself. Um, yeah, blame yourself when things happen. Don't blame other people. Well, you know, very fine. very easy to point the finger elsewhere. We it's know very that. easy to point the finger elsewhere. And in terms of Stephen Matz, look, I don't know why Matz hit him with the pitch, whether he did or didn't. Didn't look great. Shara wasn't happy. I don't blame him for not being happy. I, I mean. It looks bad when you hit a three-run home run and the first pitch is, is like, it's not like it barely hit him. It, like, drilled him. Yeah, I mean, and this has been, and we could talk more about this once <laughs> once it's the Mets time, but uh, this has been a Steven Matz problem all season. Giving up home runs, big home runs to big players. Teixeira, Stanton, mm-hmm. Rizzo, Bryant, probably but, Daniel Murphy. But you know what? Matt's is also a guy who's had a run-in with a few people. He had the whole thing with John Lackey when they were playing in New York where I mean, Lackey or Matt's had a double or then, then Lackey threw up at Matt's and Matt's was giving Lackey. I mean, I don't but know. That, that was, was a, yeah, like, I don't know. They, uh, I don't know. Matt's seems like a pretty mild-mannered guy. Yeah. Well, he's young. He's also hardened himself as well. So, anyway, um, congratulations, Mark Teixeira. Mark Teixeira yep. a great a career. career. Really a, um, an amazing career. And, you know, I'm sure he won't be shy to be around the Yankees in the future. The other big news is around the 8 o'clock on Saturday night, the Yankees released a statement saying that they would have a press conference on Sunday with Alec Rodriguez. So all the speculation came out about Rodriguez. Would he be retiring? Would he... You know, be released. What's going on? Well, it turns out, sort of all of the above. Yeah. Um, his last game as a Yankee will be this Friday against Tampa Bay, at which point he will leave the team and assume the role of special advisor, reporting directly to Hal Steinbrenner. Uh, interesting to note, he's being unconditionally released, which means that he can 
sign with any team in baseball. Which, to me, that's the weird part. Right, especially because he's going to be making... Well, although here, here, he's going to be making, whatever, $21 million. Let me just check the rest of that contract. He's in the last year of his $275 million contract, so he is going to recoup some of that money. It's going to be $21 million for next year. And no team is going to pay him $21 million. So if he wants the money, he'll stay with the Yankees. If he wants to play for another team, he'll go play for another team. Do you follow what I'm saying? Yeah. So Well, and that's the kind of that's, – that's, we were just talking about this too, Josh. I mean, to me, I don't see a 40- or a 41-year-old Alex Rodriguez going out to play for any team. A t- the Tampa Bay Rays – or uh, or the Minnesota Twins, Colorado you know, Rockies, media, even even National League like yeah. Jason Giambi, American League, yeah. A media, there's yeah. no reason for him to go DH for a mediocre team, no. especially because statistically he's a pretty mediocre player this year. Right. I think if he's if he wants to play, he's gonna want to play for a contender, but does a contender want him? Right. I just think it's amazing that A Rod um, said that he, excuse me, if he had a um, a full year to um, recover from his injuries and whatever, then he could come back next year did. and he could hit 25 runs. I'm saying, but he, he did. did. He didn't. He had a full year. He hit 33 home runs last year. He had a year and a half off. I get that. Because of but his then suspension. he had a full off season because the Yankees' nine inning, um, you know, wild, cameo yeah, in the playoffs wasn't substantial. No. So you know he did have a full off season. So I mean, I think the Yankees took that into account and they said. If this guy is only able to hit 204 now with minimal power and he can't play the field, then what use is he on the team? And, and you know, there's value to that. I mean, what use is of there course. on the team, especially with the direction the Yankees are going right now? I mean, the Yankees don't need an older Alex Rodriguez on the team. However, you're, gonna, this, you're paying him regardless, you know? Right. This is, this, is, this is the question I have. The Yankees aren't going anywhere, right? Not going anywhere. They couldn't have waited two more weeks until we get to September, or three more weeks until we get to September to have the 40-man roster expand, call up some of those guys, and then A-Rod's spot on the roster isn't as glaring. They couldn't wait that long and then have him retire at the end of the year like any like normal, a normal athlete. I mean, yeah. that couldn't happen. Yeah, so, I mean, that's my question. Do you think that this is, and even Teixeira, too. I mean, less so for Teixeira because his contract is expiring and things like that. Um, and he's still going to play out the rest of the season. But do you think these guys were, were almost forced out? Teixeira, Forced no. to retire? Teixeira, I think Teixeira wants to retire on his own volition because I think Teixeira's body just literally cannot take it anymore. And I sure. think he doesn't want to end up completely like a cripple. I think he wants to be able to have use of his body. Okay. Which I get. Um, A-Rod, I, I think the Yankees put the seed in his head. Very, very quickly to, to we're going to release you or whatever. And, and, and look, I think this is just the final chapter. And please, God, it'll, it'll just end because I've really had enough of, of this whole Yankees A-Rod drama, which just should never have started in the first place. But I don't think they're, as a team, I don't think the team wanted him around. And I think A-Rod didn't well, want to cause... Because he provided no, he no value. value. But yeah. I don't think A-Rod wanted to be any more of a distraction. Because I think A-Rod... Oh, A- I don't know about uh, that. I, I, think, I think A-Rod, in his own mind... In his own mind... In the, let he's me a, say this... He's a drama queen. He's a drama queen. It's I think always about A-Rod, Alex Rodriguez. Steroids I think in his own mind, he wants to do something that's good for the team at the end of the day. However, 
it just looks like it's a little bit backfired because you want something that's good for the team. Well, first of all, he overshadows Teixeira's retirement, so yeah. forget that. Secondly, I know it's not his fault. He didn't mean to announce on the same day that Ichiro got his 3,000th hit, but it's just yet another thing where A-Rod news is taking over baseball everything. news. Yeah, everything. It's but, always been about him. Uh, it's just it's when amazing he signs to me. His, when he signs his $200 million contract, it's about him. But I don't understand if he do wants I to be for the team, because what I just said is he wants to be for the team. So that's where like the hook comes in. He's leaving the team on Friday. He's playing the game on Friday, and he's leaving the team. That makes no sense. If you're a special advisor, advise. Don't advise, advise from, from home. Like, yeah, like, advise from the like, bench. Stay with the team. I thought he was going to stay with the team. I didn't realize he was going home. Right. So to me, that's that's why I think it's a force out. I really do. I do too. I mean, you, you couple these two folks retiring, these two mm-hmm. big money guys who have been having bad seasons – to share an A-Rod. You couple that with the trade of Beltron, the trade of Chapman, and the trade of uh, Miller. Andrew Miller. Do you think CC goes all next? at once? Maybe. I mean, maybe. Like, all these people. I mean, sure, it's got to be a youth movement for the Yankees, obviously. Yeah, but they're just going all in. I mean, they're, they're, they're literally cutting the dead weight. Who goes next? They're going to trade Gardner? Gardner. Ellsbury. Who's going to take McCann. Ellsbury? McCann. McCann passed waivers, by the way. Cleared waivers. So yeah. he's... They're, they're, they are probably offering him the teams for free for, for, for like virtually nothing yeah which is you know what they have to because he's got no value these guys don't have any value their contracts they're old overpaid are players believable yeah it's, it's I, have, I have one more question about really I guess both Teixeira and Arod um, do you think that these guys are Hall of Famers and or get their numbers retired by the Yankees Okay, that is a really difficult question. I think that's what I asked you here on the J and J One Baseball Show. We ask the hard questions and we answer the hard questions. So look, I'll say it this way: I don't think that um, Teixeira gets his number retired. I agree. Um, just precedent was set that number twenty-five before him was Jason Giambi. He was on the team for eight years and he didn't get his number retired, and he put up similar numbers. So I don't think he gets his number retired. Okay, um, I, I would agree with that. A Rod's more complicated because A Rod. He was a, he's been a Yankee. Wait, wait, wait. All right, Teixeira, is he a Hall of Famer, though? Is, is Teixeira a Hall of Famer? Um, I don't think so. I don't think the numbers are there. Okay. He, he, was, he was a three-time All-Star. Yeah. yeah. He was only a three-time All-Star. He has gold four home runs. Several gold gloves. Yeah, but he... Um, World Series. Yeah, but I, I think there's just something missing. I mean, if he had 450 home runs, he was a seven-time All-Star, then you have more of... Yeah, maybe. And, and look, he could have been an All-Star a few years, but I think he's going to be remembered for, at the end of the day... Injuries. <laughs> in 2012, 2016, the most amount of games he played was 123. Yeah. So, so you know, if, if the injuries didn't derail his career, the stats probably would have been there for I a mean, Hall of Fame I think about career. this. If he, he literally missed, just looking at the numbers briefly, he missed half. He missed, probably missed a season and a half in there at some point. And if he, he hit 40 more home runs, then he would be at 445 right now. Yeah. He'd be at 450. I mean, he'd be at those numbers, and chances are he'd be an all-star or some other accolade in there, and, and it'd be... So he's a fringe guy. Close. I think he's on the fringe. Okay. I think he's on the fringe. I don't think A-Rod gets his number retired. Okay. Um, I think A-Rod has caused just too much, we say Michigas, or too much stress, or too much of just... Drama. Craziness in the Yankees clubhouse. And I, and I think he's been a good player, but again, he's had the injuries. He had a year-long suspension. He had a massive fight with the Steinbrenner family and everything. And look, you know, Yogi Berra also had a fight with the Steinbrenner family. He had his number retired, and he was able to come back. Reggie Jackson, his numbers on the drink, and he played for for five years, and he 
had his number retired, went to the Hall of Fame as a Yankee. I, I think if A-Rod goes into the Hall of Fame, A-Rod gets his number retired. I don't but, think... But if do he, you think he goes into the Hall of Fame, then? How does, I, how I, does I, Alex I, Rodriguez get into the Hall of Fame and Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens and Mark McGuire, etc., etc., not get in the Hall of Fame? Well, I think you have them all going to the Hall of Fame. I would look... Okay. I, I, think, I, think that, I, I think this... Now this we're talking. Now, now, switching gears, I think this whole argument about... These steroid guys can't be in the Hall of Fame is ridiculous. It's America's pastime. Because not only Cooperstown that, Cooperstown is pastime. First of all, it's them, history. Then Bud Selig shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame because Bud Selig was the one who covered his eyes and yeah. let this happen. So, sure. so once you start with that, there were guys who took cocaine and did amphetamines, rampant throughout the seventies and eighties. Domestic violence, I'm sure. Yeah, people threw the criminals. Spitball. I mean, literally, you have guys who threw the spitball. That's an illegal pitch. Yeah. We're in the Hall of Fame. People yeah. who have admitted to using the spitball. How hard is, is it? This wasn't illegal. These things weren't illegal. Pete Rose, I think he should be in yeah, the Hall of, of Fame. Of course. He bet he'd be. I mean, look, morally corrupt. Morally corrupt. But, but he's still, still one of the best. King. Yeah, it's, it's still crazy one of the best baseball players. They, they should be in. They're, they're players. And you know what? Just have their own little room. Call it the asterisk room, the steroid room, they, whatever they it is. Be, they need to be in there. And then we can discuss where they're in there. Sure. Because you... you they, they, look... Nap LaJoy was a racist, and he's yeah. one of them. Kennesaw Mountain Landis didn't allow African-Americans to play baseball, and he's in the Hall of Fame. I mean, think about the quality of people who are in the Hall of Fame, and then think about the people whose baseball merit is not allowing them in the Hall of Fame. There are people, look, it Barry Bonds and Mark McGuire and Alice Rodriguez would have been in the Hall of Fame if they didn't take steroids. They would have put up numbers. Anyway. Roger Clemens falls into that category. Definitely. I mean, these guys would have been they just Hall tried of Famers to, regardless. They, they had to be competitive, though, in, during their time. Look, should they have done everyone it? Did no. It, but was everyone it illegal? Did it. No. It didn't become illegal until 2004 when they all stopped. Right. So it sounds like we're on the same page here. I, for one, think Alex Rodriguez <clears throat> should definitely be in the Hall of Fame. I do, too. I think okay. it's a no-brainer. I think all it's right. a no-brainer. And look, it's a shame that... He's remembered for all these things he did, you know, on the field, off the field. But he said it yesterday. He said he wants to be remembered as a guy who fell down a lot of times, but he always got back up. Truth is, he always got back up. He never stayed down. I mean, he could have very easily retired in 2014, but he didn't. He stick, stuck around. He had a great year last year, finished on the MVP ballot. His team went to the playoffs. Yep. He's having an off year this year. I don't think that, that this is, is the closing chapter to A-Rod's career and he's contributed a ton and to baseball. One more thing as well on A-Rod, I don't think he wants it to be the le- the end of his chapter or the last chapter of his career as well. We're looking at his stats right here and one number is looking look at me square in the face and it's A-Rod's career home Six, runs. 696. 696 career home runs. How could he how could you walk away from that? Look, I, I don't know what's going on in He's his so head right now. He's so close to 700. I don't, I don't know what's going on in his head, but I, I could so easily see him taking off the rest of the year. I could see him... Getting healthy. Getting healthy. Maybe taking off two years. Doing whatever, playing, doing the end of his contract with the Yankees special advisor to get that money and then signing with, like, you know, Anyone? Seattle again or whoever as just a player coach almost because he knows the game so well and he's got a lot to offer, and but I'm imagine sure if, he, if he's coming back as a 40-plus-year-old, he's going to want to be competitive. He's going to want to try to win a World Series. Absolutely. Seattle is just because it's, it's the That's team he started, started with sure. and everything, but, but could you imagine A-Rod coming back as a 43-year-old with four more home runs? It's almost like, what was that, um, Mr. 3000? Mr. 3000, That's yeah. That's what it's like, you know, but maybe Mr. 700 would be a new movie. But you yeah. know what? There's no reason why he should hang up the cleats. If the Yankees, and I'm saying this as the Yankees, if the Yankees forced him out, 
there's no reason why he shouldn't try to play to get that number. Because at the end of the day, he's the one who has to hit them. Nobody else hits the home runs. He still has to hit them. Sure. So, you know, it's been an interesting, um, it's been an interesting week, and it'll be uh, cool to see what's going to happen this week. They're going to Boston for a three-game set, so that just you always, know, always a fun rivalry. It just makes sense, right? They're going to Boston when Arod announces this. So, um, give a brief MVP, LVP, and average for the week. Um, MVP, I'll give it to you know Mark Teixeira on a fabulous career. Okay, I think that's pretty as pretty, we spoke about. Pretty safe. Um, I'm gonna give the LVP to the Yankees a little bit, only because I feel like this whole A Rod thing in 2007 should have been dealt with better, and that sort of snowballed into what we have now. Okay. So I guess I don't know, give Hank Steinbrenner the LVP. Sure. He's not even around that much anymore, but. The um, the average. I'm just gonna give it to this whole Arod thing because I have no idea what to make of it. I'm I'm so utterly confused by this whole thing. It makes absolutely no sense to me. It makes no sense. I don't. Whatever. We've discussed it. I don't know what it, what it means. These are the cards we're dealt, right? These are the cards we're dealt. So we want to hear your thoughts about it. Let us know at mybaseballshow at gmail.com. And we'll read some of them on the air coming Next up. Time, and yes. Jamie, let's toss it over to the Mets. I'm sure you've got some venting to do. Well. In all honesty, I mean, this is clearly a Yankees episode. We're totally cool with that. You know, equal opportunity here on the J&J NY Baseball Show. And really, you know, I'm okay with it too because in reality, how much longer can we even talk about the Mets this season anyway? Since our last podcast, they've gone 3-3, three and three, another 500-esque week. Sometimes they're a game or two over 500. Sometimes they're a game or two under 500. Sometimes they're exactly at 500. And how much longer can we deal with this? I mean, they're only three games over 500 as a team. Um, they're two games out of the wild card. I mean, the NL East, to, to me, is, is gone. The Nationals ha- have won that one for sure. It's gone in, August, in, yeah. in May. Yeah, for sure, that's gone. And really, I'm giving the Mets one more chance. I, I, I still cannot give up yet. Just because, looking ahead at their calendar and their, their upcoming schedule, our next nine games are all winnable games. Three games at home against the Diamondbacks, three games at home against the Padres, and then three games on the road again against the Diamondbacks. So these are nine games against mediocre teams that we should, you know... It would be great to go 9-0, but I let's wouldn't be even real. Call mediocre. Pittsburgh's a mediocre team. The Mets are a mediocre yeah. team. The Diamondbacks and Padres are bad teams. They're two of the worst teams in the league. They are bad teams. Although, comment of the week is um, Jamie and I were texting over the weekend about the A-Rod pre- about, I think it was Sharp Press Conference. The A-Rod. I'm, I'm losing track of the press conference. It was the A-Rod Press Conference. The A-Rod Press Conference, to which Jamie responds, I hope the Mets schedule a press conference and cancel the rest of their season. It would just be easier for me, Josh. So. I, I, I would have so much more time in my days. I wouldn't have to worry about these Mets. I wouldn't have to watch you, them play. You miss them. You miss them. Ugh. It's, it's exhausting. I mean, we've spoken about it all, all season, but I'll talk a little bit about some MVP and some LVP stuff as well. Really quick, my MVP, really for the season, I think, at this point, um, but especially since our last podcast, is Jacob deGrom. Um, Since the last podcast, he has had two great starts, 13.2 innings pitched, only one of those games he won, but a .66 ERA, which is equal to giving up only one earned run, 
11 strikeouts, and 3 walks. For the season, he's only 7-5. and five. But I think there's a little bit of a lack of run support for well, that's him. That's why he wasn't sure. an all-star, because he's putting that's, up the best numbers of his career this year, and he wasn't an all-star. Right. Figure. Lack of run support, so he doesn't have the wins. But he's got a 2.35 ERA on the season, 120 strikeouts on the season, and only 28 walks. I mean, this guy's having probably the best season of his career, of his, of his young career. Keeping in mind, obviously, his first year he was the Rookie of the Year. Last year he was an All-Star. This year, lack of run support. Uh, but really, it's, that's, that's a Mets issue as a whole. Um, and at this point in the season, I will be the first one to say it. Jacob deGrom right now is better than Noah Syndergaard. I don't think that there's any, any way around that one. I agree with you. I don't think many people dispute that right now. Yeah, I mean, he's maybe. the best. He's the best of that bunch right now. I mean, oh, he's the best of the bu- career-wise. He's the best of the bunch. He's, sure. he's the best. Career he's the so most far. most most accomplished for sure. Most Absolutely. accolades. Absolutely. And maybe it's just Syndergaard dealing with it, or, or really not dealing with the bone spurs in his uh, in his elbow, similarly to Stephen Matz. Um, but he's only pitching five or six innings to start now. <laughs> Given up four, three, four, five runs. I mean, sure, his ERA is still great. It's still under three, but he's not as dominant as he was at the beginning of the season. Amazing stat to note. The Mets have only used six starting pitchers this year. And think about the injuries that they've had. Well, you've got Harvey, Harvey is out for the season. year. Yep. You've got Bartolo Colon starting on three days rest as a result of this. You've got Syndergaard and Mats are having elbow issues. You have Logan Verrett, who every time he comes in, it's like the game just gets out of reach. You put the abort button. It's It's... Well, speaking of Logan Verrett, he is my LVP. And, you know, I, we could talk about the offense, but at this point, if we're going to do anything, if we're going to make noise, it's going to be it's got to be the pitching. So Logan Verrett is my LVP. On the season, he's got a 3-7 and seven ER, uh, sorry, 3-7 and seven record, a 4-6-6 ERA, 55 strikeouts versus 37 walks. He's given up 11 home runs. And his batting average against is 268. I mean, these guys are teeing off on it on his 90 mile per hour fastball. He is no good. And since he beca- he became a full time starter when Matt Harvey um, went on the season season ending DL, and worse, he's been one in five with a 5.61 ERA. I mean, he has an opportunity. He has a chance to do something to prove himself, and he's just been horrible. Yeah. So Terry Collins, my question to you. Because I know you're listening, Terry. What are you waiting for? There's got to be somebody better. We just got John Neese back. We know what he's done for the Mets in his career. There's got to be somebody in the minors. Maybe somebody off the streets. John Neese is your savior. You're in big trouble. No, you know who our savior should be? Jay Bruce. Well, Jay Bruce. But on the pitching side, Zach Wheeler. He's been out. Of, he's been out for eighteen months. Which means they're not telling us something. He must be really injured because he should be back four months ago. He should have been back. But Zach Wheeler actually is my average for the week. My average player. He actually started his rehab assignment this past Saturday. It's nice. But in typical Mets fashion, you ready for this? One inning pitch, and then the rain comes, and they didn't put him back in. So of course. Zach Wheeler, a highly touted prospect. Aren't there... He only pitches one inning. Aren't there, like, six other teams he could have pitched for that might have had sun? You would think. Anywhere. I mean, literally anywhere. Any other minor league team, sure. Just put him out there. But no. We'll put him out there for an inning. Pitches like 17 pitches, and that's it. Wow. So typical Mets fashion. I don't ask you a question. Yeah. 
Joanna Cespedes. Okay. So this whole thing came out with the golf. Okay. And now he's on the DL. What's going on? What do you think? As a Mets fan, are you annoyed? I am definitely not annoyed. I uh, I think that the Mets, whether it be Sandy Alderson or Terry Collins or anyone else in between, mishandled this Cespedes injury situation since since it happened over a month ago. Well, that, goes without, that, that, that goes without saying. I mean, he plays one game. He doesn't play another game. He pinch hits one game. He doesn't play for another few games. I mean, this guy was clearly hurt. He only hit two home runs in a month in a span, month. which is... In a warm month. We yeah, be that, hitting that's, that's unheard of for Cespedes. And this is about the time we got him last year where he hit about a million home runs. So um, I, I put this one squarely on the, uh, on the administration, on the higher-ups, on the front office. Um, not on Cespedes. Not on, uh, this was an issue last year for so, some people, so the golfing so, thing. So, so you don't have a problem with him playing golf, even though he was injured and then going on the DL the next day. We don't know why. We think it's a swing that he took that was awkward. I have no problem with it. Okay. What these guys do in their off time, whether it be before a game or on an off day, it's up to them. And golf is a leisure sport. But how does it make sense? If you call into work and you say that you're sick, okay? And then you go out and you go, I don't know, do something and you bump into your boss. You would get fired. Yeah, I'm not getting paid $27.5 million either. That's also true. That's also true. I mean, Johannes Cespedes, he's a superstar. And whether we like it or not, Look. superstars get, the, get this treatment, this preferential treatment where they can break the law or go play golf on their off time. And, just, it's, and it's kind of okay. Which makes no sense. It, just, it makes no sense. I don't understand, though, how this guy... Like, it calms he, he, him down. So it, I don't know. It calms him down. I don't it's, know. it's so nice that it calms him down. But since it causes agitation for basically everybody else who he has to deal with... No, that's he, the media. They, that's the media. I, and I'm yes, I know you, we're the media, but, he, but I'm, I'm defending my guy. I mean, just, you can defend your guy all the, time, all, all the way. What he should have been doing is he should have been... Resting at home, he should have been getting treatment. He should have been testing his baseball swing, not his golf swing. He's also the only guy I've ever heard of who says that golf is relaxing and good for his baseball game. I've never heard that at all. I've heard of people who don't play that sport because they think it'll will ruin their game. But I don't know. I think Cespedes just Cespedes did himself. I think he did. in a season of weirdness, this is probably the strangest thing that has come out of, of it's up flushing. There. It's definitely up there. I mean, uh, let's be real, though. There's no way Yoannis Cespedes playing golf is the reason why the Mets are bad. Not at all. <laughs> that, no, the Mets that, are just you bad. Know, that's, to me, that's the moral of the story here. The Mets are a, a bad, underperforming, mediocre team. And... My superstar is out playing golf. And your other All superstar right. is batting 167. Yeah. Mr. Bruce. Mr. Bruce. I mean, I w- he's, he's yet to be a superstar for the Mets yet. I wouldn't even consider him a superstar forever. He's a home run hitter. He's like Adam Dunn. Well, he's got the same amount of, uh, of all-star appearances as Mark Teixeira. So. Wow. Well. Anyway. Well, anyway. that's what I got for the Mets this week. Well, a few notes around baseball. Congratulations to Ichiro Suzuki on his 3,000th hit. A triple, nonetheless. Almost, almost gone. I think almost hit a home run. I think if he in, in Derek Jeter fashion, if he were younger, that would have either been over the fence or, or would have been inside, inside the park. The park, home park run, or, that yeah. ball kept on rolling. And yeah, 
That would have been cool. That would have been really that, cool. That would have been typical Ichiro. That would have been really, really cool. Yeah. But that's it's awesome. Good for him. I mean, this guy is... One of the best. One of the best. Hall of Famer. Absolutely. No doubt. No doubt. First ballot. He can get his own special wing because there's nobody who's ever been like him. And I don't know if there will ever be a player like him. No. Could you es- admit? Especially the international borders. What, what would his numbers, career numbers be? If he had started in the United States and hadn't played... What, as a 20-year-old or whatever? As a 20-year-old. Say he, so, so he was 18 when he started in, in Japan. Say he was 21. Say he needs three years of seasoning. He would have been 21 when he would have gotten called up instead sure. of 27 when he started with Seattle. What do you think he would have put up? I mean, his I numbers mean, would have been unbelievable. Yeah, definitely. he would have been close to over four, definitely over 4,000 hits, you know? Easily. He'd be uh, uh, approaching Pete Rose territory. I mean, think about this. People's primes are usually when they're 25 to 32. He had two full years out of his prime. And then all the years when he could have had a 200-hit season here and 180 hits there. Yeah. I mean, look, he led the league one, two, three, four, five, six, seven times in hits. He was 36 in the league in hits. He barely ever got hurt. Yeah. Just a great player. He's yeah. got 317 this year. I mean, he's not playing every day, but he's still putting up good numbers. Look, Barry Bonds is a hitting coach. Yeah, he's, he's even won a few silver sluggers, too. Yeah. I mean, each year. Good, good player. Great player. I'm, I'm, so ha- I'm so happy that we were able to see him play. One of the best. One of the best. And last note that I have, at least... Um, Got some baseball, and we know it's it's the Olympics going on right now, Rio 2016. Uh, you know, there's basketball and soccer and volleyball. Michael Phelps. Yeah, swimming, this, that, and the other. We don't need to talk about that. Because the real news of the Olympics came up a few days ago where they announced the next Summer Olympics, 2020, in Tokyo, baseball's back. Baseball is an Olympic sport. I think that is fantastic. It'll be interesting, though, because the World Baseball Classic right now is the tournament of choice. All the major leaguers play in that tournament, and then they've got the minor leaguers who play in the Olympics. But we'll see, right? I mean, we'll I see. think it's cool. I like, look, I'll watch international baseball. Yeah. I'll watch any baseball all day long. Yeah. I think it's cool. I'll watch it all. And just to, to put it on that, on that international spotlight, yeah, it's, I think that's great. The, it's great for the game. I think it's great just to, to be a part of it with all the other sports. The game. And look, it's great that they're bringing it back for, for Tokyo because the Japanese people love baseball. They do. So Probably not as much as the Brazilians. Not as much as the Brazilians and probably not as much as the British. Sure. Or really, you know, pretty much anywhere else I mean, in the world. So, so it makes sense. I think it's great. Great move. Absolutely. Final thoughts, Jamie. All right. As I said, this is my last chance, Mets. I'm giving you one more chance. Prove me wrong. Prove all the doubters wrong. Let's go seven and two over these next nine games. Again, again, three against the Diamondbacks, three against the Padres, and then three more against the Diamondbacks. Seven and two sounds very attainable against these crap teams. Prove to me, prove to the rest of the fans, prove to the rest of your competition, the Cardinals, the Marlins, the Dodgers, even the Nationals, that the defending NL champions, last year's NLCS winners, Last year's National League World Series contenders still have it this year. All right, my final thoughts are the fact that next week when we podcast, A-Rod will no longer be a Yankee. Very interesting. Very interesting. A-Rod will no longer be a Yankee. So 
That's it for our show. Please let us know your thoughts at mybaseballshow at gmail.com. Nice long episode, too. Good long episode for that car ride or bus ride or train ride, even plane ride. We'll see. But let us know your thoughts at mybaseballshow at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook. You know the drill by now. You know, one thing we've never asked you to do, I'm going to ask you to do it now. Leave us a review on iTunes as well. I want to I see what you got to say. That way other people can see what you have to say, too. Not just us in our Gmail inbox. That's it. You heard the man. We'll see you guys next week. Take care, everyone.